Welcome back to the T3 Family Podcast, where we are equipping families to thrive. Hey guys. Hello. Chrissy. Buenos dias. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Very um, multicultural of well, you. Well, you know, I had a friend who he said to me all the time, he's from Guatemala, and so it just stuck in my brain. Uh-huh. Buenos dias, buenas that tardes, means, buenas noches. That, doesn't that mean good day? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. good day. All right. Very good. Uh, what are we talking about today? Let's tell Chrissy what yeah, we're talking about me, today. She doesn't know. Uh, we're going to explore, we're going to begin to explore Philippians, um, Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, because that's where we're going upstairs, because we're downstairs right now. We're downstairs. Those who are listening don't know this, that. If you perhaps. listen to our sermons from upstairs. Yes, we're downstairs. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, we thought we would just hope we take some of what's happening in our services and just expand on it, hopefully apply it to just family and to life and I'm not sure if we're expanding or if we're just ruminating on it. Yeah, mm, I like but, that. Uh, yeah, so I think today we're just going to first just begin, what is this letter? Yeah, um, Who, kinda... who's the author? Let's get to know him a little bit. Yeah. What yeah. is it all about? When was it written? Right. All that good. Mm-hmm. I like doing that. So what's that called? An, not exegesis. Like, uh, um, what's yeah. that word, Clayton? You're a pastor. Yeah, kind of like yeah. a context study. We're doing or... context today. I, I like it. Yeah, yeah. And I was, so for me, what I've been trying to do over the last couple months, I always try to remember our sermon series and where they've been going. I think I mentioned this a few weeks back in the sanctuary, but um, how I've been listening to think of Lent, Lives Jesus Changed, to Jesus' I Am statements, to mm-hmm. now this series. Someone said, why are we doing these in this order? And I'm thinking, this is my thinking, is that when our lives are changed by Jesus, there's an encounter, mm-hmm. right? There's a moment, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we meet him in a real way, which we think still happens today. Um, from that, from that moment, we then get to know more of who he is, the mm-hmm. I am statements. And those are things that he always is. And because we have encountered him, because we know him, Paul's letter and where we're going in the series is it changes how we think. Yeah. So it changes how we see, it changes our perception, our, our perspective. Um, and uh, Paul has such unique perspective in this letter. He does. Considering where he is yep. and what's going on. Yep. So we thought we'd just spend some time there. Yeah. Like, did you have any opening thoughts? Um. Because you're also leading a study all summer. I am. So so. I was going to say, ladies, if you would like to join us, we're doing a study called Get Out of Your Head, a study in Philippians this summer. Um, So depending on when you're listening to this, but it begins June 14. And if you're listening to this after June 14, but before the end of July, please still come join us on Wednesday nights because, um, yeah, it's been a really, really, I've read this book before. So the study, Get Out of Your Head, is all about stopping the spiral of toxic thoughts. So really Mm -hmm. taking every thought captive Mm -hmm. and just analyzing it when you're getting into this kind of a shame spiral Mm -hmm. or um, for me, example, it's often like, oh man, I'm not good enough. And so Mm -hmm. how that goes down into a spiral. So Mm -hmm. we're talking about some weapons or tools we can use to catch those thoughts, think, "Mm, is that actually true? And then flip the thought around. So, which we learn about in Philippians. So it's going to be a really good study. study. And it's video based and minimal homework. Like just get the study guide and we're going through the study guide together. So I'm excited. Where will it it be like in the auditorium? Do you know where it is? Uh, No, we'll probably be down in one of the classrooms, but if you register online, I'll give you all the info. Boom. We'll yep. put it in the show notes. Oh, oh, I love the show notes. Clay loves just throwing things in the show notes. Just feels like you just put in the notes. Yeah. yeah show notes. That's good. So. <laughs> so as a church uh, body upstairs, we'll be learning about Philippians. And I'm just really excited mm-hmm. to learn more what you've been learning about the book of Philippians and um, 
what Chrissy, we're just springing this on her now. Like, tell us what you know about Paul and Philippians. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I have some notes from the study that get out of your head because they have a good intro to Philippians as well. So what do you want to start with? Well, I I was, I was reading something by Eugene Pearson the other day and I just found it fascinating. Um, uh, He said, Paul is not in this letter. So he's, he's in prison. So he's Mm -hmm. in a bad place and Paul's in prison a lot and life is super hard. Um, But somehow Paul is, he is happy. So he was saying, he's not telling us how to be happy in the letter. He just is. Mm-hmm. He's just joyful. He just, mm-hmm. that's just part of who he is. And it was fun. Uh, the other day I got to do a wedding and uh, the, 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 the bride and groom, they wanted the word for their life together to be content. So what does it mean to be content? And so we just, we ended up using the end of Paul's letter here and talked mm-hmm. about the context of it, but just... Um, Paul has learned to be content. I, I, that day I kind of said, because he is, he is, he finds himself in right relationship mm-hmm. with God, with Jesus. So right relationship with God, then others. And so because of that, he just, he's learned no matter where he is to be. Uh, and I think content's a word that we don't love these days because it feels passive. Yeah. Um, but uh, I always think back to to a creation story where God does and he, he's building father, son, spirit. They're building this world. And at the end of each day they say, oh. It's good. So somehow Paul in prison uh, finds himself at the end of each day, I think, able to say, today was a good day. Yeah. And I don't know how he can do that very well. So I think it's challenging to me. Um, did you look at Paul's life? It's just, it is something. It is something. And, uh, he had a so lot of... I think that just really struck me. He's not telling us how to be happy. He just is. Mm-hmm. And I go back to the Sermon on the Mount a while back. We talked about it. As we become disciples of Jesus, we just... What was the phrase? We easily, naturally, almost automatically just start living Mm -hmm. that character. Um, Still ourselves, but we have his character. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, like, man, like Paul's really showing us what that looks like. So, yeah. Do you think that some of Paul's, like, experience of joy and living that out comes from his experience of being Saul before? Like, Mm. the transformation that Mm -hmm. happened and, you know, seeing who he was mm-hmm. and then what the encounter of Jesus did, like right. so that even being in prison, mm-hmm. like yeah. that compares nothing to what his life was like before Jesus. Right. Right. Just curious about that. Yeah. Did you ever watch the movie Paul? Did you ever, I ever watch no, that? No, I didn't it's, know. It's uh, Jim Caviezel's in it and he's Paul, like Paul's in prison. Okay. I always thought about that uh, it's in the movie. It flashes like back to his previous life and like ah. you could see it, some of the things that torment him or, like when he has like those spiral moments mm-hmm. where he remembers yeah. some of the things that happened, yeah. then it's fun to, to watch him then like capture those things yep. and to recognize who he has now become in Jesus when right. he's confronted by something that was horrible. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. That's just a, interesting. It'd be a, uh, a daily practice, I would think, almost yeah. to, to walk through that. I think you'd have so much joy right? Um, because, wow. Like, yeah. I don't know. That's a really good question, Chrissy. I can read some of if if you're not familiar with I'm when not. Paul was Saul oh, or yeah. oh, not yeah. you specifically, oh, okay. but yes. anyone who's listening. I, mm-hmm. There was I learned some stuff in here too. Yeah. So, like we just said, Paul was born as Saul. He was born in Tarsus in Cilicia. Oh man, Cilicia. There we go. Mm. Tarsus in Cilicia around AD one to five in a province in the southeastern corner of a modern day Turkey. He was of Benjamite, I cannot talk today. A Benjamite? He, yeah. Huh. He was of Benjamite lineage and Hebrew ancestry. 
His parents were Pharisees, fervent Jewish nationalists who adhered strictly to the law of Moses, who sought to protect their children from contamination from the Gentiles. Saul went on to become a lawyer. I didn't know this. No, I didn't know that okay. either. All right. Saul of Tarsus was a religious terrorist. Acts 8 verse 3 states, he began ravaging the church, entering house after house, and dragging off men and women. He would put them in prison. And then of the 27 books in the New Testament, 13 are attributed to Paul. He was born about the same time as Jesus or a little later. Um, he was converted to faith in Jesus about... 33 CE, and he died probably in Rome. And then his trade was tent making, which he continued to practice after converting to Christianity. Hmm. What a very different lifestyle from being a lawyer to a tent maker. I know. Mm -hmm. Saul went on to become a lawyer, but then he, his trade was tent making. So I don't know. That's, that's just what I'm getting out of the study. Right. Get out of your head study. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he didn't want to become a lawyer. Maybe his lawyer was, he was putting people on trial, right? Uh, yeah. People who were breaking whatever the laws yeah. the Pharisees were following. Yeah. And I don't that know. Could be. Ha having to prove that they did, that they were breaking. Yeah. That makes sense. It's interesting. I, I don't know if I've thought about him putting people in jail to then him being in jail. Then so he was the one mm -hmm. in jail. So you yeah. could see how you'd have flashbacks. Like right. Look, right. What I, look what I put people into right. these prisons. You know, it's interesting. I was listening to Tim Mackey, this morning, I actually talked about Paul and he said, it's, in, it's fascinating to watch him operate within the legal system of, 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 of Rome. Mm -hmm. um, uh, one of the times when he's in jail, uh, he was arguing that Paul cared more about the legal system than the people who were administering it because mm. he was in jail. I think it was, uh, I can't remember, it was Festus and he was wanting Paul to bribe him to get him <laughs> out of jail. And Paul, who could get money, was yeah. not going to bribe him to remain in jail and he was ministering in jail, but, and he, I think he kind of calls him out and says, no, like you, you're, you're breaking your own laws. Yep. So he, he almost had a higher perception of the law than. Yeah. Which then that would make sense. Positions of power. If he, he respected or right. he knew the laws yeah. if yeah. he was a lawyer at yeah. some point in yeah, his life. Probably yeah. Probably had a high, obviously, mm -hmm. right. because if he was a lawyer, he had high right. value of those right. mm -hmm. and well, thought that that's how justice mm -hmm. came. Yeah. It was administered properly. Like when he was getting beaten by somebody, and he was they're about to beat him, and he said, "No, like I'm a, I'm a Greek citizen." Or and he's like, "Oh, really? Like, yeah. Like you should ask me this before you do this." And the guys, like, I'm so sorry, you know. So he was just kind of run through the end of Acts, where all these things are happening, where Paul is holding the bar for yeah, the legal yeah. system in a different way. Well, and I he not can use it to help him when he needs to, or to apparently keep himself in jail when he, yeah. <laughs> when he feels, which is so cool that he found value in being in jail so that he could continue to minister to right. people. But right. somehow he's found a way to be content, whatever the circumstances. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. it's really remarkable, mm -hmm. but so encouraging. Like as you walk with Jesus, I mean, you become this really different person. Yeah. Like his, story. It's long. It's, you, know, you always think of like on the road to Damascus. I'm, he's totally different. Right. Yeah. That's not I just how going, it works I was out. actually going to ask if there are people listening, could you tell us, I love Clay's version of the Bible stories. You just do a good job telling stories. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the, yeah. When he the met Jesus, his, his moment of transformation or encounter with the Holy Spirit. Well, he's on, he's on the road right to Damascus. Right. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden there's a, a bright light and he somehow he interacts as an encounter with Jesus. And Jesus is saying, why are you, are you persecuting me? So as he, per, as he persecutes the church, he's persecuting Jesus and he's struck blind. And then he's brought to this place and this person who probably would never want Paul to not be blind. 
Mm-hmm. He would probably want Paul to stay blind, is tasked with going to, to speak to him, to tell him what happened. That was Jesus, the one you've been persecuting. And then scales fall from his eyes, um, which in, I think, a lot of our minds, then Paul becomes Paul. Mm-hmm. And it's not yeah. what happens. Mm-hmm. It takes years. I mean, okay. decade. I mean, he, he's very passionate. He's still Paul. Um, but there's this huge learning curve for him. But he has mm-hmm. a moment. And then he learns mm-hmm. about what it means to have this faith, this belief mm-hmm. in Jesus. Yeah, because um, if you're saying in the study, at like what, 33 AD-ish is when... He was converted to faith in yeah. 33. So then Philippians, in my little info I have here on my phone, says that was written around 60 to 62 AD. Which would mm-hmm. be the end of his life because mm-hmm. it said they he died around 62 to 64. Right. So you think like we can read this and be like, man, he had so much joy like... Yeah, I have 30 years of learning it. Yes. <laughs> you know, like it's not, yeah, because yeah, I, yeah, scripture can be mm-hmm. a little bit, if you don't know the context, can be that way of like, wow, right. he immediately was now this joyful person yeah. in jail and right. everyone should right. love Jesus and right. be all filled with and joy. And like, yeah, it was still practice yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. Well, it was even fascinating. I was reading a book by him recently and they're talking about his different missionary journeys and his church plants. Mm-hmm. They just, they, they, the person was noting the, the growth in how he planted his churches, even his oh, first round of churches. It was really, it was a big struggle. Yeah. And as he got through, he started learning how to equip people better, to develop people more so that the church would be more sustainable. So the churches right. he developed later were stronger and didn't need him as much. And so it's even funny to think about that. Like he's, he was learning the whole way through mm-hmm. and right. he didn't just mm-hmm. have it. Yeah. So I think that's super encouraging. I do for too. All of us. I would agree. Um, yeah, this, uh, this also some of the background, it says, when he's writing the letter, we've already said he's in a Roman prison, likely with an execution sentence on his head. So he's writing this thinking I'm going to be beheaded any day now. Mm -hmm. So he just knows he has to get this encouragement out. Um, Let's see if there's anything else in here. Yeah. I just think it's, it's really cool. Another place I read said they called Philippians a composition of joy. And Mm -hmm. I thought that was a cool Mm-hmm. description of it. Yeah. I had honestly, until we started looking into Philippians more because of going into it this summer, um, I had never like put that together, how mm-hmm. joyful of a book it was. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of popular verses, like mm-hmm. I can do all things through Christ mm-hmm. who strength, you know, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of those, sometimes they can become cliche verses mm-hmm. in Philippians. Mm-hmm. Um, but that never computed to me, like they're all so joy filled because of his circumstances. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, this one comes, this is, I was just reading from the Passion Translation, like what their introduction to Philippians is, and it says this, what joy and glory came out of Paul's prison cell. Most of us would be thinking of ourselves and how we could get out, but Paul wanted to send to the Philippians church the revelation of joy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. Mm-hmm. So as we think of our our families or those who are listening, wherever, so it's just as, as, as a team here, what do we draw from this? Like, what, what can we put into practice today? What are the mm-hmm. things that, I mean, Paul's obviously in really difficult circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do find it fascinating that in this difficult circumstance that he begins with Thanksgiving and prayer. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing he always does. So he's always praying, he's praying for others. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Of, also, so, there's a piece of it, as you were saying, like he's praying for others. There's also a community piece in there. Like mm-hmm. he, even though he's in a really hard, tough situation, he is encouraging others. I I feel like I've said that before on here where sometimes if I'm just really in a, a, a 
a headspace or whatever of just being really frustrated for whatever reason, sometimes I feel a prompting like maybe you should look at who you can encourage today mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how that quickly um, can get me into a, a better space um, all through the work of the Holy Spirit. Because, um, But that's similar to what Paul's doing. He could be really, like you just said, really down or dreading what's going to come. Um, but he's just like, well, how can I encourage this new church? That has been such a blessing to me. Mm-hmm. They've been sending me support. They're, maybe they're sending him the paper to write <laughs> the letter yeah. on. I don't know. Yeah. But um, he, yeah, he's just making a bad situation as good as he can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it is similar to Clay, what you said earlier about the word content as for joy, you know, is, would it be helpful for us to redefine that mm-hmm. or to, to maybe break down what we think joy actually is what do you think? Um, versus what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I recently was talking to somebody about my mom's cancer journey mm-hmm. and that was a huge part of coming out of that for me was redefining mm-hmm. joy and what it actually meant to receive the joy of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, I think sometimes we're like, it's happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it can be and there. Like there is joy in being happy, but mm-hmm. it's so much deeper and so much richer and more than that. And so mm-hmm. I think for us to look at Paul in prison and be like, how does he have joy? Well, it's probably not him being like, man, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> like, Whistling I mean, maybe, the cells, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so I wonder if there's, for some of us, is there yeah. a needing to redefine what yeah. joy is? Yeah. Yeah. I have I pressed this before. Uh, someone told me this when I got married. It was pretty wise words. They said that the older you get, you'll see that your your sorrow will increase, but your joy will increase with it. Mm-hmm. So they, they always, they're always in, intermixed and intermeshed. Um, I just feel like... Um, I was thinking about what you said about, you know, a cancer diagnosis. So mm-hmm. uh, about no, almost two years ago now, probably a little more than that, my father-in-law was diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm. and he's since gone to be with Jesus. And uh, but I remember we were, all, we were all together right after trying to figure out what was going to happen. And I remember sitting on the back porch in Wisconsin in the summer and kids were playing. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so somehow in this moment of sorrow and uncertainty, mm-hmm. there was like, this is a really good moment too. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I wonder if Paul, it's, a, he has the ability to, you can in hard moments, really, really, really enjoy mm-hmm. through good things. Yep. Um, so I want to have something to that too, or you, yeah. you, you just, you just recognize it. Um, small things become really big, good things. Mm-hmm. Like we say it all the time, you know, the Lord someday might say to us, what did you do with all the good things, all the good gifts mm-hmm. I gave you? Did you enjoy them mm-hmm. um, or not? And I think it's very easy to not. And I think today it's almost, I said this recently, it's not that we don't want to, but I think we are unable to sometimes because mm-hmm. yeah. there's just, it's so easy to not even notice today because yeah. there's so much coming at you all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you just miss it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know if that's joy. Right. No, no, I it is joy. I'm not sure it if it's a good joy. definition. Yeah, but. right. Yeah. No, it's good. Mm. So I'm excited as we mm-hmm. dig in a little more into, yeah. um, yeah, the sermon series and Philippians and yeah. what we can learn out of Philippians. Mm-hmm. So. And yeah, next, the next time we're gonna talk about the word whatever. 
Ooh, it's a pretty, it's very different than our whatever. Mm -hmm. So it can be fun. Yeah. So very cool. Yeah. Would you, Chrissy, close us with a blessing of learning what joy can look like yeah. and, and whatever you feel led to? Okay. So Jesus, we thank you for this time. We thank you for, uh, yeah, each person that is listening to this guy. We thank you for Paul and the work of you in his life to transform him from Saul to Paul. I thank mm -hmm. you for the transforming power of you in all of our lives as well. And so I pray for uh, these listeners that you would bless them with a new understanding of joy, that you would bless them with a clearer picture of finding joy today and what that looks like and the ways that you give us good gifts. May we learn to enjoy those good gifts and sit with you in the tension of both sorrow and joy. Oh God, we love you, and we pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this T3 Family Podcast. 